Welcome to the Indie Stars Pacing the Pacers podcast. I'm Pacers editor Nat Newell here, of course, with our insider James Boyd. Uh, this is, uh, you know, one of our, everyone's favorite type of podcast, which is a trade podcast. Pacers traded Karis LeVert and a second round pick f- f- to the Cavaliers for uh, Ricky Rubio's contract. Um, a The Cavs first round pick this year, assuming they don't collapse and end up in the lottery. Uh, the Rockets' second-round pick this year, and then a 2027 uh, Utah Jazz second-round pick. We'll probably avoid discussing uh, how valuable that is. But uh, first, James, uh, obviously we've got plenty of stuff up on IndyStar.com, but give the, the listeners a quick uh, rundown on your thoughts on the deal. I thought that it, it had to happen. Um, I wrote a piece earlier this week, I believe, about you know the more realistic trades that could happen. Um, I assume that Karis LeVert or Justin Holiday will be moved before Miles Turner or Demontis Sabonis, um, which are still on the table, according to reports, you know, if you, for the right asking price. But the unique thing for me personally was, you know, um, getting the Adrian Wojnarowski um, bomb and it realizing like, oh, this is your job now. So you got to like get on this and um, just give you all like the behind the scenes from my perspective. The Cavs pregame media ends, you know, and then I get the update from Woj. Everyone gets on their phone. It's like, oh, this is actually happening. Like, this is happening right now. And it's just like perfect time because had it been broken maybe 20 minutes later, Rick Carlisle's pregame press conference is over. You know, you don't get to ask him as many questions as you as you would. You have to wait till after the game. So, you know, I, I got to think on my phone. I'm, I'm heading straight to the other, uh, you know, other end of the, the arena to do the the visiting team's pregame uh, media, and that's when it got confirmed. Um, perfect timing, I guess. Lucky timing. That's when I saw Lavert like still in street clothes, on his phone, walking like out of like the the court area, back to the locker room. Saw him, you know, talk to Chris Duarte. Chris Duarte had to look on his face like, you know, oh my God, what just happened? Um, and then you got Justin Holiday after the game with the nonchalant. Yeah, it's the NBA, it's the business. So you get the other end of the spectrum. You got one veteran guy, one rookie who are kind of trying to soak it in, but. Um, I think it had to happen. It's a good move. Um, you get younger um, as far as the draft picks go. You're going to get a guy who gets off your books come free um, come in the summer with free agency. So to me, this is the start of, OK, maybe I will rebuild. Yeah, just to make sure people understand, uh, Rubio will almost certainly never put on a Pacers uniform, at least as a result of this trade. Um, he's uh, his contract's up. He's a free agent after this season. Um, Lavert had one more year on his contract at around 18 and a half million. Basically, this means that the, the Pacers uh, have that money that they were going to pay Lavert to spend in free agency next uh, this offseason. So an extra 18.5 million, something yeah, around. And just, to, just to add on real quick, Ricky Rubio is out for the year with the left ACL tear. Right. So he like that's why he will not play for the Pacers. And the uh, value was that his contract's expiring so that you don't yep. have to pay here and he's not on the cap. Uh, the Cavs, I, I'm not a huge fan of mid 20 round 20 ish first round draft picks. Uh, I just don't think there's a ton of value um, in them. I sent you a list of players last 20 years uh, of guys picked between 24 and 26. Obviously, the season's not over. The Cavs could be picking higher, lower, whatever, but they're 25th right now. Um, and you look at the list and would it be, you know, and the names at the top of the list are Kyle Lowry, Serge Ibaka, George Hill. All of those are impact guys. All of those would be great players to have. Then you get into other useful players, Nicholas Batum, Kevin 
uh, Martin, Taj Gibson, Clint Capella, Tony Allen, John Salmon, uh, Reggie Jackson, Tim Hardaway, Delonte West. There's some other names on the list. Mm-hmm. But I estimate, you know, you look at this list and some things could change or whatever. Luther Head's on here, I'm sure, as an Illinois fan. You think he's a legendary player. <laughs> but every I Illinois just, fan, even though he never really did anything in the NBA. But about one-third of them amounted to, you know, to, were a useful NBA player. They also get the, the, I think the Houston's pick is 33rd. I looked at 32 through 34 picks for the last 20 years. And about 10 of those guys panned out. So you got a 50-50 shot here at getting a player. Um, the, the real value to me is can, if you end up being seventh in the draft, can you package that pick with your, you know, those two picks, whatever exactly. the case of exactly. pick is, and this later pick, and move up in the draft to get Jaden Ivey or someone like, like that? Who knows? But it's, that to me, that seems like it's more valuable as an asset than a player to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that's – that should should be the 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 goal in a sense to get a, as high up in the draft as you can because I mean Herb Simon said to himself he doesn't want to you know he doesn't want to do this at all but if you are gonna do it you know just go all in on it one year don't don't waste your time trying to beat around the bush or 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 just stay where you're at I mean the the best players in in league history are top five picks it's really that simple I mean you might get lucky and get a Giannis every now and then but. If you redo that draft, he's not going number 15. So, I mean, you just have to uh, give yourself the best chance to, you know, pick the guys that everyone knows are surefire, you know, going to be, you know, big-time players in the league. I mean, it was pretty obvious when you saw it in college with John Morant and Zion Williamson when he was healthy. It's it's obvious every single year there's always one or two guys. Um, Sometimes drafts are down, but usually there's a couple of guys in this draft that seems like there'll be more than a couple of guys where you know, like, okay, you're getting somebody that, that could be pretty special. Yeah, based on what I've read, it's uh, there aren't like necessarily surefire superstars, but there's good depth of potential mm-hmm. great players. Is more what you know. It's kind of what I've heard. Um, again, I've got the list uh, of uh, picks uh, right now. The Pacers are fifth. Obviously, the lottery has to that could change, and the lottery's going to determine where they pick. But again, looked at the four, five, and six picks the last twenty years. Uh, and in some ways, it's depressing. I mean, obviously, uh, Chris Paul's at the top, Dwayne Wade, Russell Westbrook, Chris Bosh, Damian Lillard, Kevin Love, Mike Conley. That's a nice – you get any one of those guys, and you, that's that's a good draft. But you then get into the, you know, the Jonas Valachunas, Dallin, uh, Danilio Gallinari, Devin Harris. I mean, Jeff Green is on this list. Tristan Thompson, DeMarcus Cousins. We get to a list that rookie Rubio is not too far down the list. You get to a point on this list pretty quick where you're not getting necessarily uh, huge impact players. So it's just, but again, you got to do what you can to take. You get more. You got to take more shots. You got to get yourself in position to take more shots. And it seems like that's what this deal does. Yeah, and I respect Kevin Pritchard for making the move. I think that it's a respectable move, like we talked about before. Um, and we'll have to just wait and see. I know everyone wants to kind of like dissect it now, but. Honestly, until Thursday, 3 p.m. Eastern time, um, which is the trade deadline, we won't really know, you know, just just the future of this team, you know, as it stands right now. I mean, obviously things are changing in the offseason, but, you know, you got Wolves reporting that this is this could be the the start of a a big, you know, some massive moves in Indiana. We will see. I mean, um, nothing is guaranteed in this business. You hear so many things and, and we'll just see how it all plays out. 
Yeah, I thought that might have been that was an interesting tweet by Woj. I mean, he he's not tweeting that if he doesn't think something else is happening. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's just the way the business works. Um, well, we'll touch on that real, but real quick. Um, how big of a loss is Levert? I mean, you read the national writers and they all say that there was really a split opinion on him. You know, and he's an interesting guy in that he can get to the bat, he can get his own shot, but he probably tries to get his own shot too much. I mean, he can pass um, and rebound, but he doesn't necessarily work great within the confines of the offense all the time. Supposedly, by all accounts, a great guy. Um, at the same time, he was the one saying, hey, there's still time. I mean, it didn't seem like he was someone who's going to make a, you know, grab people uh, by the, uh, the throat in the locker room and turn this thing around chemistry-wise. Um, career 33% three-point shooter. Um, so, you know, again, I, it just it seems to me that, you know, maybe he works out, maybe he doesn't, and that's why it was worth moving. And the other thing that's, uh, you know, an important uh, part of this is you've got Duarte. They play the same position effectively. I mean, they, they got flexibility, but, but this also opens up a spot for Duarte to start full-time. Yeah, for sure. I think the biggest thing that happens in these situations when, when a player gets traded um, you got a lot of casual fans who don't watch every single game, like like I have, and you know they see you know uh, Lavert going for twenty two in the first quarter against the Bulls. That's that's a team that's on national radar. It's like, oh man, who is this guy? He's got forty two. He's he's cooking, and then he had another twenty two point um, fourth quarter against the Lakers. Obviously, everyone everyone watched the Lakers. LeBron James. Oh man, who is this guy going toe to toe with LeBron? They don't see the OKC game where he's three for nineteen and he's got ten points and he can't make a shot. So. I think his highs are really high. His lows are really low, and he's a bit of a streaky scorer. Like he, I know his average is say he averages 18 points a game. He's on 43 percent shooting, um, yada yada yada. But he definitely is a very streaky guy, and I think that Cavs fans are probably a little too high on him because he's not a great shooter. And you know, I think that there has to be some role acceptance when he goes to Cleveland because you're not going to be the guy you were in Indiana where you. You know, have this super high usage rate. Granted, there were some injuries, but you're not going to have the ball in your hands full time to just do whatever you want. They got Darius Garland over there. He's an all star, you know, in his third year. You're not an all star. I don't know if he'll ever be an all star. I'm not saying he's a bad player. He can help them, but I think, you know, is, is he a guy you bring off the bench and, and have him run your second unit because of his skill set, because of, you know, how he can create shots and things like that? We'll see, but. You know how it is. You anybody who makes a trade, you talk yourself into it as a fan, or or, or, or even if you're on that team, like, hey, this is gonna work, it's gonna be great. And you just don't know until you get all those guys out there and you see what you have. So um, I know he's excited about it from what and Woj reported, and he's a Ohio native. I was able to confirm that he didn't go back with the team, which have been super awkward. Um, I got some mentions about that on Twitter, like, well, why would he go back with the team? I mean, because Carlisle said it. He's I asked yeah. him where he was, and he said, well, he could go back with us tonight. And I'm like, that's super awkward. So I, I tried my best to track it down. I'm glad I did because I was thinking, who like who does that? Like it's basically like, hey, we don't want you anymore, but you can come back with us if you you know if you don't have a, a way home. Like how how lonesome is that? So I would have, that reflects that he got along well with everybody, and he needs to get back to Indy to pack his stuff. <laughs> so, right, but then the the, the caveat with that is they they play Friday, so like he'll be able to you know if he, if he does go back, you know I'm sure assuming he does, you know pass off physical and stuff like that. He'll be back soon enough. And that creates another dynamic, too. I'm excited about that. I love it when trades happen and then you turn around and face the team right away. However, I will say it was very unique to, to be in the arena 
that the guy's been traded to. I, I, I was thinking to myself, I, you know, I didn't get a chance to walk around as much as I, you know, want to. They they have me, these big old media passes, so they know who you know. You're not a player. You can't just walk around, and I can't just you know hide out. But um, it was unique to see him walk into the the visiting locker room and just knowing like, well, after you know he says a few goodbyes, he could probably just walk down to the other room and, and say what's up to his new teammates. I mean, it was a very unique situation. He was not visible throughout the entire game. Um, Ricky Rubio either. So I don't think. You know, either player, if they were there, um, I know obviously Karras was there, but they weren't going to be out in the public eye. But it was definitely, you know, the, t- some buzz around the arena. And then the game itself, I mean, they, they were, uh, you know, down 20, came back and won, and got Karras Levert. So it was a good day for uh, Cavs fans. Yeah, I thought uh, the enthusiasm was a little over the top. Well, the, the Cavs fans were, that I saw on Twitter and stuff like that were more enthusiastic than I would have been. But he is going to have a different role in Cleveland. He doesn't need to – if he's having one of those nights where he's not there, they got enough of other pieces that you can minimize, you know, keep him on the bench or minimize his role, that kind of thing. He did come off the bench for Brooklyn. Um, and, and by all accounts, he's a, a good guy, but you know, so I, I wouldn't. Oh, think for sure. That, so that's good. one thing I will say, like I'll vouch for everything. Carlisle said, at least my short time knowing um, Karis never, you know, point the finger, at anybody never threw anybody on the bus, never been in trouble as far as I'm concerned. Um, and it's, honestly, has been through a lot in his life. You know, if you know anything about just say his upbringing, um, situation with his dad, and then you know, obviously having can- cancer, getting that removed, and all the injuries. And I will say, he is finally healthy. Like he's been healthy for a stretch now, and, and I'm hoping he can stay that way. Obviously, I don't root for players to win or lose. Don't really care about that. But I do root for them to be healthy. Like I want the guy to be healthy. I want him to be, you know, able to play the game that he loves and. You know, got a new chance in his in his home state, and, and obviously the Cavaliers are kind of, you know, they kind of have that blueprint laid out for for for, for uh, Indiana. It's like if you stink it up for a year or two, you can end up with a, a, some very good picks, and they and they've had a few of them. You know, they didn't always strike on all of them. You can have your debates about Colin Sexton, but two of them, Darius Garland and, and Evan Mobley, are, are surefire. You know, big time pickups. Yeah, I mean they are kind of what the the good news and the bad news is is uh, the Cavaliers are the blueprint for the Pacers. The good news is that they've got the best point differential in the Eastern Conference. Um, they're uh, you know they're they they're competing for a first round uh, be home advantage, home court advantage in the first round of the playoffs. Um, the bad news is their previous three years they won 19, 19, and twenty two games. <laughs> Nail those draft picks, so uh, yeah. which is not as easy, which is not easy to do, um, but because even Garland has taken a little while to get to this point because they took right. so. so uh, um, but yeah, it is an interesting, uh, you know, the whole, uh, like you said, the whole uh, positioning of everything it, it was really interesting last night. Just a, an incredible scene. Um, well, let's let's flash forward in terms of what's next. Uh, I mean, obviously, as you mentioned, Sabonis, Turner are the the ones. Uh, uh, you know, the other ones on the training block, Justin Holiday, uh, you know, Jeremy Lamb. If someone wanted Jeremy Lamb, I'm sure the Pacers would deal him to a better situation uh, for a veteran as well. Um, but uh, wh- what do you any sense of what's ha- coming next? It, doesn't, it seems like everything's on the table. There was a lot of rumors about Sabonis to Washington, that kind of thing. Um, you know, what do you what do you see for the rest of this week? Yeah, I've read some of that stuff. I just think that one of the big men has to go. And if it is one of the big men that they choose one, it'll be Miles Turner. At this point, I just feel like he's – I don't know if he really wants to be in Indiana anymore. Um, and I don't know if you want to keep a player around that doesn't want to be there. 
Um, but the thing about his foot, I mean, we haven't gotten an update on the foot, really, besides him shooting on the court, which I saw a little bit in Dallas. I mean, and I don't even know if he was like supposed to be doing it then, if that he was just messing around because it didn't, it didn't like he was like legitimately like shooting, like you know, for game shooting, he was just kind of shooting around. So that's the question. It's like, how much does his foot hold anything back? And if it does hold anything back, then what do you do? So um, I, I wrote about it earlier this week. If everyone was healthy on this team, it would be so easy to say, oh, move him, move him. I'd expect him to be gone. But injuries matter, man. Like if you're if you're a team, you know, in the in, who considers yourself to be a contender and you trade for Miles Turner, you don't want to trade for a guy who's not going to play this year or who's going to be out for a very long time and you're trying to work them in, you know, early in the postseason. It's like at that point, you kind of want to have your, your rotations and your chemistry set. So, you know, from what, everything I hear, he's making progress. And there's one little thing I'll throw out there is, you know, it anything, you know, I keep saying anything could happen, but it, it's just a really unique situation. And I think that, you know, like I said, you'll you'll probably see something along the lines of like a Justin Holiday type of move before you see the big moves. But, I mean, I think that if one of those big guys – move then the question becomes you just strip it all down i mean because you're not going to have a very great team if you move either one of them and keep either one of them and get a bunch of picks i mean uh, who are you who, what promising player do you think you're really going to get at this point um that's going to move the needle and make you better or do you just get younger and go all in on just you know those lean years that other teams around the league have kind of kind of had to get themselves back in position with the great pick so um we'll see um, one interesting thing I thought, and I'll, I'll actually tweet that out, you know, when I get off this podcast is ask Rick Carlisle, like, you know, what, what do you do going forward when you don't have Karis LeVert? You know, he, he makes, you know, without him, they're their worst team. And he's like, hey, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll plug it along and we'll hope that, you know, Malcolm Brogdon comes back. And then he mentioned, you know, casually, yeah. And then TJ Warren, you know, hopefully comes back too. And I'm like, are we still like holding on to this or, or, or is he, I don't know. Like, I would be kind of shocked if I saw TJ Warren play this year, to be honest with you. I think you've got to play him. If assuming he can play and he's healthy and he's not going to hurt himself, I see no downside to playing him because to me, if I'm TJ Warren, I want to get on the court and make sure I'm okay. I I, I want I don't need a lot, but I need five games where mm-hmm. I go out and play and my foot doesn't hurt. And then I think if you're the Pacers, he's a, and he's also a free agent, so I think there's a lot of motivation there um, mm-hmm. on his end to to play uh, to show people that he can. Um, that he's, you know, that, that there's value there. Um, so I would, again, I, who knows what, you, you can't send him out there if he's hurt, obviously, but if he's healthy, I think you can. Um, Brogdon, I guess I would think sort of somewhat similar if you want to trade him. Um, again, assuming he's healthy and they, they listed him as questionable last night. So I assume yeah. he's close to coming back. It's not like he might not be coming back immediately, but he's got to be close or else they just keep listing him as out. If you want to trade him, I think you've got to show he's healthy. Um, yeah, and for this, the rest of this week, uh, I mean, I guess the, I mean, you don't want to trade Turner at, uh, with his value down because exactly. So I think, so the big thing I guess, and I would say is don't just, if nothing happens Thursday, don't, that's not the end of it. <laughs> the no. uh, off season. No, I mean, be- take a page out of Philadelphia's book and look at the situation with Ben Simmons. Like they're, they're not, you know, shipping him out for pennies on a dollar and trying to get as much value as they can. And they're willing to wait till the off season. Um, so and they're in a different situation as far as being a playoff team. So, yeah, I would say, you know, to Pacers fans out there and, and just in general, um, don't freak out, you know, if, if the if the things don't happen. But also, like I told you before, this is like finals week. You don't do anything until it's like absolutely necessary for you to do it. 
So I'm not surprised by the Karis LeVert trade. That was a little easier to make. But when you look at, you know, these bigger trades, um, obviously you, you don't want to, you know, jump the gun or, or, or just accept anything right away because whatever offer you're hearing now, you'll hear it, you know, in two days anyways. Yeah, I mean, the Washington thing, I'm not sure it makes a ton of sense because I don't know what Washington has that you'd want short of Bradley Beal, which, uh, which is, you know, I can't imagine Beal wanting to stay in Indiana, which eliminates him. Uh, I guess a, a Washington first round pick at some point is interesting because of their recent history. Um, but I'm just not sure what you're getting back from them other than the first round pick that's going to uh, interest you. And then if you're Washington, why are you giving up? I mean, I guess they've got some good young pieces, so maybe they don't think they need a first round pick. But that just seems like, I mean, anything can happen, but that just seemed like a weird match um, when it came to some bonus. And again, it's just the rumors floating around out there. I haven't seen anything really concrete on it, but uh, um, that was the latest. I mean, we all, you know, the, the, the Aaron Fox for Sabonis stuff has been out there. Um, you know, I'm not sure how De'Aaron Fox is a huge upgrade. I mean, he's, he's somewhat uh, a shorter version of Karis LeVert. I think he's a little bit better than that, but, but that's the type of player he is. So, uh, um, so anyway, uh, I mean, let's wrap it up here, James. Any other thoughts on uh, the LeVert trade or what's ahead? Friday. I, you know, I want to get past the trade deadline, um, obviously, uh, so I can sleep. And then <laughs> on top of that, I, I really want to see how, how Friday goes. You know, uh, Justin Holiday had this slick comment where he goes, you know, yeah, he's on the other team now. We want to beat him. And I was transcribing last night and I was thinking to myself, wait a second, you might not be here Friday. So, I mean, we'll we'll see. It, it, it's very, um you know, interesting because I'm sure these guys are working very hard. I'm sure I got, I got housekeeping out here, uh, you know, asking to come into the room. But I guess that's my sign to get off this podcast. But, yeah, let's see what happens. And, um, yeah, we'll see uh, if there's any more new faces coming around. All right. Hey, we appreciate you listening. Go to IndyStar.com. We've got a ton of stuff posted already on the Levert trade. Uh, James and the rest of us will be following it. And, uh, of course, the trade deadline. Thank you for listening.